This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com. That terrifying place. Just look at the steam rising all around us. The very air is scalding and the atmosphere heavy, saturated. Cauldron of boiling moisture. Clammy, unhealthy. Surely no man could live here. And listen. Through the steam and heat, the air is shattered by weird and natural cries. I want another one thing. Yes, it's John Cleese's bath night. <laughs> and we're very lucky to be in his very bathroom. And very bathroom it is too. Now, I know he's in there somewhere. Um, John! John! You! Let's just feel around in the mist. <laughs> Here I am, standing in the shallow end, just between his, just between his left feet and the uh, cold water tap. And as I look round, I can see all manner of things floating about in the water. For example, John, what's this extraordinary object I'm lifting up now? Uh, that's my big toe. Oh, good. Uh, and what's that crawling out onto your right knee over there? Um, that's Bill Oddie. He's skin diving. I think he's found some. Uh, I think Tim and Joe are... Tim and Joe are still under there, uh, looking for the soap. What day is it? Friday. Well, they should have been up by now. <laughs> oh, there's something moving over there by your elbow. Ah, yes. Oh, no, no, no. It's just one of the crocodiles. What? They feed on the rubber ducks. My goodness. Oh, it's all right. They're not real live ones. They seem to prefer rubber ducks. Well, uh, before I go, na naturally, John, we came here hoping to hear you sing. Naturally. So, uh, have you got a bath time melody for us? Well, you're very lucky, because in fact I've just started a pirate radio station on my chin. Yes. Yes, well, I can see Dave Lee and the boys rowing out towards it now. All right, all, all aboard, men, up you come. Splendid, splendid. So, uh, here from somewhere in the choppy waters of John Cleese's bathtub. This is Radio Chin broadcasting the naked voice of the nation's heartthrob. <clears throat> my name is Angus Prune. <laughs> We bring once again to the microphone Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, David Hatch, Joe Kendall, and Bill Ollie. And as the band of Dave Lee's bathtub serenaders sinks slowly down the plug hole, the voice of Radio Chin tells you, It's I'm sorry, I'll read that again. Again. <laughs> children. We'll start with this room here. Now, this first picture is, of course, a Cezanne. This one is a Degas. And Martin, perhaps you can tell me what this one is. It's a nude, miss. <laughs> oh, yes. So it is. Stop giggling. There's nothing funny about nude. Now, I want you to look closely at this one. 
Not that closely, Henry. But, miss, I was only looking at the soft, silky, sensual texture of the paint. You'll uh, find the textures just the same on the arms. So will you look at those? <laughs> now, I want you all to look at the proportions. Wow. Uh, that will do, Martin. Martin, what are you staring at? This picture, miss, it's all bust. Broken, Martin, not bust. <laughs> I see what you mean, yes. Uh, please, 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 miss, why, why aren't they wearing any fig leaves? Oh, well, that's because it's autumn. Now, Henry, uh, perhaps you can tell us what the next one is called. Ah, uh, that's called Lunch on the Grass, miss, by Manet. What are they doing, miss? They're having a picnic, Henry. Why have the ladies got no clothes on? Uh, well, they probably felt a little hot, Martin. Well, why are the men wearing clothes, then? Oh, are they? So they are. Well, they um, probably caught the sun in the morning and decided not to overdo it, just as I'm always telling you. Now, what's the next one? Oh, dear, the rape of Persephone. <laughs> another hot picnic, miss. <laughs> uh, yes, Henry, you're quite right. That big, fat, hairy man doesn't seem to mind whether he catches the sun or not, miss. No, no Martin. Um, but he seems to mind whether he catches those hot ladies. <laughs> that big, fat, hairy man is Bacchus, the god of wine. Why is he running after the hot ladies, miss? Uh, probably to tell them that lunch is ready, Martin. They don't look as if they want it, do they, miss? <laughs> No, I, um, I don't think they do, Henry. They probably had late breakfast. Uh, now, let's have a look at the next picture, shall we? It's another hot lady, miss. So it is. Oh, 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 she looks a bit like you, miss. Oh, uh, there is a certain resemblance, I agree. They've obviously used someone who looks like me. Ha, ah, you've been framed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, this is painted by Mr. Gately, our art master. So it is. What a coincidence. It is, it is. Look, the hot lady's wearing your gym shoes. <laughs> and nothing else. <laughs> oh, dear. Where you were having a hot picnic in Mr. Gates' room, miss. No, Martin. Look, children, if you all promise to be good and not say anything about this to anyone... Yes, miss? I'll take you all to a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> good evening. My guest this evening in the series Interesting Jobs is Mr. Jack Smiley, who is a film actor specializing in military roles, usually in epics. Uh, would you say that was a fair description of your work, Mr. Smiley? No. Well, uh, how would you describe yourself? I am first and foremost a professional soldier. I am a mercenary. Wherever there is a battle, I will fight him, usually for both sides. Must be very interesting. Indeed, yes. It has been my privilege to campaign with some of the greatest generals. For example? Well, it was Genghis Khan, name two. Two? Yes, I was in the original and the remake. Believe me, there was a lot of difference. Three, these younger Genghis Khans just haven't got what the old ones have. In fact, we have a musical saying among the rank and file, the old Genghis Khan, but the young Genghis Khan. Surprising <laughs> what one finds funny in the trenches. Yes. Indeed, yes. And who, with your wide experience, Mr. Smiley, would you consider to be the greatest general of all time? Julius Caesar. Really? Uh, why do you say that? He's a true soldier and a gentleman, even if he is a wop. He's a soldier. Soldier keeps a firm discipline, insists on decent turnout, truly expressed, and eagles polished. Not like some I could mention. Oh, please do mention the Mrs. Smiley. This is, after all, a cheap, sensation-seeking program. Well, 
Ah, uh, Robin Hood for a start. I've never seen a scruffy band of men merry, yes, but smart never. Ha! He'll never get out of that sticking forest of his till he realizes the war is in the game. Just a question of discipline, that's all discipline. Yes, but uh, surely some, uh, some big battles have been won by ill-disciplined forces. It is true, I was exaggerating. Take, uh, Joshua, for example. The man who fit the Battle of Jericho. That's the very fellow. We were just a rebel, and yet with a blow of a few trumpets, the walls came a tumbling down. Just like that? Just like what? Oh, just like you said. Yeah, you're not taking the mickey, are you? Well, certainly not. Then step in back and get on with the questions, you miserable little man. Well, certainly, yes. Yeah. Uh, is your job well paid, Mr. Smiley? On the whole, yes, except with Caesar, that is. Well, why did you join him, then? Why did I enlist in one of his cohorts? Yes. Well, partly for prestige, I suppose, and partly because I thought I might be able to use my Latin. I have a stipicate to have a And did you use your Latin? Unfortunately not. Caesar himself spoke perfect English, but with a appalling American accent. <laughs> and the best thing he needs to do is can only speak Spanish. Well, that's really too bad. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I see you've got a lot of medals there. Yes, yes. Well, perhaps you could tell us what they are. Well, this one, Little Eagle, was given me by Caesar. This, of course, is a quite a gear for my help in the French resistance. And what's this one? My RSPCA badge. <laughs> Before you go, Mr. Smiley, perhaps you could tell us the name of your last film. Well, let me see. Uh, that was a bit of a departure for me. It was called uh, Harlow Harlow. Harlow? Harlow. Sure, you mean just Harlow? No, Harlow, Harlow, who's your lady friend? It was a musical. <laughs> I see, yes. Well, uh, that's all from Interesting Jobs. Next week, I shall be talking to Ivan Smokovich, the Russian lady shop book champion. Good night. <laughs> That was Alice Through the Looking Glass. <laughs> Good night, darling. Good night. talking and arguing, never knowing what you're thinking. What's on your mind, John? Why can't you sleep? Why can't you rest? Oh, John, where's the sleep that knits up the raffled sleeve of care? Oh, John, if there's anything I can do or say that will help you rest a little, John, wake up! What is it? What is it? Oh, John, can't you see what I'm doing to you? <laughs> Why are you laughing? I always laugh when you do that to me. Oh, John, talk to me. I'm, I'm sorry, I've got things on my mind. I'm tired. I'm, I'm worried about the chickweed. It was thoughts of me, I know, but I haven't had much sleep skinning that bison last night. Which bison? Not George. No, Henry. So Henry's dead? Yes. I can't say I'm sorry. He was mean, even for a bison. I'm going to sleep. John, talk to me. Say something to me. Say you hate me. Say I'm ugly. Which? Say, I'm ugly. You're ugly. You're only saying that. You don't really mean it. You don't care. You never think about me. Up and down all night, warming the milk, mashing the rusks, all the crying and the bed wetting. Yes, I know. I, I wouldn't mind if we had a baby. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but I prefer bisons. Good night. John, what's happening to us? I know you know. You know? Yes. John. Yes? What do you know? Well, I could be wrong. You mean about me and Nigel? Oh, 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 I was wrong. <laughs> oh, 
I thought it was I thought it was Rupert. You're right. It is Rupert. I can never remember names. Anyway, I do know about last Friday. Last Friday? Yes. He was in my bed, wasn't he? How did you know? He kept pushing me out. <laughs> you mean you were there too? You didn't even notice. Having your little bit of fun too. I noticed the lipstick on your cheek, and I suppose it was you who took my mascara. I was playing circuses. All right, but I've something else to say. I don't want Mother in the front room any longer. But Mary, it's no good. You've got to bury her. But... <laughs> but she's still useful. She still feeds the dogs. Can't you see? She's not my mother. Well, she's not my mother. Oh. oh. Mary? Yes? What's your second name? Cleethorpes. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. I seem to have made some sort of silly mistake. Look, I'm awfully sorry about this. It's a terribly silly mistake to have John had a great big waterproof boots on. John had a great big waterproof hat. John had a great big waterproof Macintosh, and you can't get kinkier than that. Mind. Well, we're very lucky to have here in the television studio this evening Mr. Thomas Pemberton, the Minister of Fuel. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming. And his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24 7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, Minister. Good evening. Minister, you've been in Germany this week studying new coal face methods. Yes, I've been in Germany. Do, do you think you've learned much that will be of help to British coal production? Well, it's very difficult to say at this stage, but it does look as though in the... Good heavens, my foot's dropped off. I, I beg your pardon, Minister? My foot's dropped off. Look, there it is under the table. It fell off. Uh, well, uh, will it, will it screw back on? Of course it won't screw back on. That <laughs> doesn't screw on, does it? Uh, no, no. Um, uh, could, we, could we have the camera around on the minister's foot? Take the bloody please? camera away from me. Uh, <laughs> staring at it. Um, yes, but, but, but minister, how did it drop off? I don't know. It's never happened before. It just fell off. Yes. Oh, there goes the other one. Oh, oh, both my feet are dropped off. Oh, both of them. Uh, the, the minister's falling to pieces. Why does this have to happen on television? Look, um, uh, get some sticky tape. Um, uh, oh, minister, yeah. how do you feel about falling to pieces? My thigh's fallen off. Minister, is this your knee? Of course it's my knee. Get a box. Put me all in it. There isn't any other bit. Uh, what new mining methods seem to increase production? I'm falling to pieces. Help. Um, a sticky tape. Help. 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 Oh, dear. This oh, would dear. have to happen in my interview. <laughs>
Here's romance. Here's excitement. Here's Belloni. Oh, shut up. Oh, don't be cross. David, don't mind me. Please don't mind me. Just carry on. Ladies and gentlemen, we present for your... I'll be quiet. I'll be quiet as a mess. Ladies and gentlemen, we present for your... There I was. Quiet as a mess. Look, that does it. I'm not going on as well. I'll go on. You're ever so good. No. I'm your number one fan. No. Say some more. Shan't. I can't, Show us your kneecaps. Oh, all right. We present part three of our thrilling six-part series. The Curse of the Flying Wombat. No, I was meant to say that, but that was my bit. I was supposed to say that. Windsor has set sail with the mysterious Captain Otto Cleese in the Flying Wombat in search of the green eye of the little yellow dog, hotly pursued by the mysterious Casey O'Sullivan and Nasha Wilkins. Get on with it. No sooner has the mysterious cabin boy, Jim Ladd, revealed himself as none other than Tim's mysterious fiancée, Fiona Rabbit Vacuum, than the Flying Wombat strikes a submerged reef. Is this the end of our intrepid hero? Is this the end of the Flying Wombat? Is this the end? The ship's going down. We're sinking, Captain. We're sinking. How extraordinarily interesting. A precisely similar thing happened to my great-uncle Otto in the English Ocean. Do you know what he did? He made a gigantic rhubarb tart and used it to plug the hole in the vessel. I wish I'd got the recipe with me. But didn't he tell No, no, he went down with the ship. Captain! Captain, the waters we discovered. What shall we do? I'll stand on a chair or something. No, we've got to do something, Captain. Give us an order. Well, I'll start with a prune cocktail and then a lobster ice cream and then a cherry with a mouse in it. After the meal... It was the work of but a moment for the captain to issue the vital order. Ah. Uh, full speed ahead. Upwards. <laughs> the great vessel lashed above the rosing waves and we were saved. A party of men were sent over the side to repair the damage and soon the reef was as good as new. <laughs> then we patched up the hole in the ship. After it was all over, Fiona and I stood side by side in the taffrail, watching the sunset and collecting yacht numbers. Together, we read sails in the sunset. <laughs> Touching moment. Touch. 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 Anyway. That night, two men rose silently up to the ship with muffled rollocks. Creep, they're laughing anything, is not. Who would have guessed that they were the mysterious Casey O'Sullivan and his ruthless henchman, Masha Wilkins? We would have guessed that they were the ruthless Casey O'Sullivan and his ruthless henchman, Masha Wilkins. Yeah, yeah, boss. Yeah, yeah, this, this looks like the shop. No, 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 the ship, Masher. The oh. ship you put, not the oh, shop. Oh, so I need to go along my shopping biscuit. No, no, you're busted, you're busted. Oh, busted, yeah, busted, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Masher, do you know what you've got to do? Yeah, yeah, I'll climb aboard yeah. and I'll creep up behind the helmsman as quiet as a house. You're a mouse. Mouse, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he does not hear my approach, and then when I am behind him, I beat him about the head with my luncheon. No, 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 you're truncheon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I cuddle him senseless. No, 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 you cudgel him, cudgel him. Oh, what a pity. I like cudgeling. Next morning at six bells, the burly mate, Mr. Hatch, roused the sailors from their hammocks. Ah, ye lovely swabs, look lively there. Ha, to your post of the double, or I'll kill all the lorry. Jump to it, ye miserable layabouts. Ha, and the last one out of bed's a sissy. Ooh, how did you guess? <laughs> 
darling? Yes, Jim, lad. Have you seen Mr. Brown Windsor this morning? No, I can't rightly say as like as how I don't believe I had done seen him. Not this morning. I don't remember having seen him. Not this... Anyway. No, you can't rightly say it, can you? No. <laughs> Here I am, Jimsy Wimsy, darling. yoo Where are you, Fiona, darling? yoo Over here. But don't call me Fiona, for I must keep my identity a secret. Then why are you wearing a crinoline? So no one can see my frilly knickers. <laughs> Very well, till tonight, then. Goodbye, sweetie pie. Bye-bye, snooklums. Toodle-pip, precious booklums. Bye. Bye! Ah, good morning, Bramwinter. Good day, Hatch, but you look worried. Why? I'm worried about Jim Lad. <laughs> why so? Well, have you looked under his crinoline lately? <laughs> Look, have a woman aboard. That it be, I. Terrible bad luck, I tell you. Will you cast me what it was to have a woman aboard? I tell you, it was bad luck. Look, that's right, if you catch me. Shut up. Look, shut up. Don't he pay no mind him, sir. He'd always get like that when his songs don't go too well. <laughs> but listen, sir, I think we do be in for some trouble. I've been hearing strange noises from down below. Have you taken anything for it? <laughs> No, sir, I don't think he do catch my drift. Well, I am standing upwind. <laughs> sir, I think we do have stowaways on board. Stowaways? But this is serious. Ah, I couldn't think of a joke either. <laughs> where are they? Down in the scuppers, listen. Our life on the ocean wave is the only life for me. Our life on the ocean main with rhubarb half for tea. Quickly, to the scuppers! To the scuppers! <laughs> Oh, it's Mr. Brown Windsor. We meet again. You remember me. Casey Ho for the pipe. You! Casey O'Sullivan, the man responsible for my ignominious discharge from the Brigade of Guards. The man who forced me to leave the country under a cloud. Disgraced me eyes of my friends and who blackened the name of my family. It was you who caused me thus to spend my three long years abroad in shame and disgrace. Now, I used to live next door to you in Peckham. Ah, oh, so did <laughs> I'm the King Rat. <laughs> Yes, I am. Oh, no, you're not. Oh, yes, I am. Wait, wait, it, it is relevant. Oh, yes, it is. Oh, no, no it, it isn't. isn't. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Well, that's all over now. He, Masher, has a gun. And when I give him the word, you pull the trigger. But why? To make the gun go off. Oh, Mr. Brown Windsor, we're in the soup. Courage, Hatch. You've got some better lines next yes. week. But don't worry, the... <laughs> but don't worry, the fiends will never do it. Don't be too sure. Yeah, I haven't got such good lines next week. <laughs> don't be too sure, Mr. Brown Windsor. All right. Masher, let him have it. <laughs> Quick, I'm losing my accent. Is this the end of Tim Brown Windsor? Will they dare to pull the trigger? Will Bill Oddie remember his accent? Will the rhubarb cart marketing board step in at the last minute? Why did the wallaby scream at midnight? How does Humphrey Barkley manage to look so young? Send your suggestions to any answers. Broadcasting House Tech Coaches is 15. brings to the end another edition of I'm Sorry I'll Read That Again, which was written this week by Tim Brooke Taylor, John Cleese, Graham Garden and Bill Oddie with Peter Hutchins and Leslie Sellers. The songs... 
songs were written by Bill Oddie with the musical support of Dave Lee, which was most uplifting. Anyway, those taking part were Timbrook Taylor, John Cleese, David Hatch, Joe Kendall and Bill Oddie, who are known to their friends. The production, the production was by Humphrey Barclay, who would like to add a few words, but unfortunately he's tied up at the moment. We always keep him tied up during the program. But fear not, gentle listener, gentle listener. We'll be setting him free to prepare another edition at the same time next week, which will be introduced, as usual, by the voice of Radio Chin. It's, I'm sorry, I'll read you again. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.